0: Uh, as you know, we study through the book of Peter, uh, but this morning I want to take a different road about. I want to bring you a message, which I believe it's timely and it's for everybody in this place and also for this world. So if you do have a Bible here, I want you to open it up in Second Chronicles chapter 26. If not, don't fear, I've got it on the board there for you. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want to talk to you about a king. A good king. But there's a value lesson that we're going to learn this morning. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1, he says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, Uzziah, who was 16 years old. He's but a mere teenager, isn't he? 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. I love these names in the Bible, don't you? Amaziah. If you're going to plan for another child, to young people, there's a good name to have. Little Amaziah. <laughs> he built Elath and restored it to Judah. After the king rested with his fathers, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. 52 years. His mother's name was Je- Jeholiah. There's another good name for a child. Jechuliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosperous. As long as he sought the Lord God, what happened? He made him prosperous. As long as Uzziah seeked the Lord God, he made him prosperous. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, the wall of Jabneh, and the wall of Asdod, and he built cities around Asdod and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines. Notice, God helped him. "...against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gerbal, against the Minuites. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His name spread far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem and the corner gate and the valley gate, and at the corner buttress of the wall, then he fortified them." The key that stands out for me here is that God helped him. You see that? And because God helped him, all of these things happened. He also built towers in the desert. He dug many wells. For he had much livestock, both the lowlands and the plains. He also had farmers and wine dresses. And the mountains of Carmel, he loved the soil. Moreover... Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies according to the number of their role as prepared in Jehil the scribe in Maserai, the officer under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers and mighty men of valor was 2600. And under their authority was an army of 307,500. And that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. I must say, all of this happened because God helped him. God helped him. Mighty king. Verse 14, he continues on. He says, Then Uzziah prepared for them... For the entire army, shields and spears, helmets, body armors, bows and slings and cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men. To be on the towers and on the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide. For he was marvelously helped till he became strong. He was marvelously helped. He was marvelously helped by who? By God. You see this word there? There is a big theological word. What does the word till mean? It means till. (laughs) Till something else happened. All so far is a wonderful, good story. Wouldn't you agree? Till he became strong. And now we find another big theological word, but. What does the word but mean? Sharp contrast, sharp contrast. He says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So was Zariah. The priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men, and they withstood the king. This was a big thing. It's not a small thing. You do not withstand the king. You do not go against the king. But these men did. Why? Why would they do that? They went in. they were stood uh, with 80 of them, uh, King Uzziah, and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah. It's not for you. They didn't even come to him and say, Oh, King Uzziah. He's lost so much in that moment. It's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. What happened here? He's trying to take on the role of king priest, king and priest was not for him to do that there's only one king priest who's he jesus christ Christ. you see this man is now haughty lifted up in himself see what happens one would think one would think that this man would listen truly when we started his story out at the beginning it says he did everything good in god's eyes didn't it start that way And one would think he come to a point now where he realises he's folly, he realizes that he's wrong. But you see, so is many people today. So is many people today. They don't want to hear that I'm a sinner and I need a saviour. They don't want to hear that I'm wrong and you are right. We stand on your own rights. We're living in that society right now. And this king stood on that society as well. You see what happens the next thing, instead of him becoming humble, instead of him acknowledging what he did wrong and repent, what did he do? Verse 19 says, then Uzziah became furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Before the priest in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar, and Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him. And there on his forehead was leprosy. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord has struck him. For those who don't know, leprosy is the killing of the flesh. It kills you. It, it, It rots the flesh. This is a terrible thing. You go against God and, you, and, and this is a rotten thing. It's a stinky thing. They thrusted him out. But it also says there that he hurried to get out. Let it be known that sin makes you shameful for the deeds that you've done. And he's so shameful right now, he wants to hurry to get out of there. Verse 21, King Uzziah was leper until the day of his death. What a tragic story. He dealt in isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Hutham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from the first to the last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, rode. So Uzziah rested with his father's, And they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial, which belonged to the king. For they said, he is a leper. That's a very bad epithet for you to have. Imagine on your tombstone, it's written there, he is a leper. That rotten thing. Friends, if you think about people passing away, what legacy are you leaving for the people after? How is people going to remember you? Are they going to say about you, you are the son of that great per person or that great man or that great woman. You are only the son always of them. Or have you left a posterity upon the people after you? What impact, listen, what impact have you made on the next generation? What impact have you made? Not only your children. I'm talking about a generation. What moral standards are you standing on? What message are you bringing out to the world that you're impacting around you? Are you just towing the line of the world or are you bringing out a message which will stand out, which will stand out in the dim of a dark world? This man, he had all the opportunities that he could have. He came out of that right line, I'm going to show it to you in a minute, to impact on a nation And the only epitaph he's got, the only words on his gravestone is what? He was rotten. He was a leper. But he was a good king, you could say. He is a leper. What is people going to remind you and remember you for? What is coming out of your words, out of your mouth, out of your heart to impact a nation? It says, therefore, he is a leper, then Yutham, his son reigned in his place. And I want to say, what a sad story, but also a valuable lesson that you and I need to learn this morning. The theme of my message this morning is, as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he sought the Lord, what happened? He was prospered. It says it there in verse 5. The message to you and me today, brother and sister, dear friend, sir, madam, whichever way you want to be known and called out for this morning is, these words which is written in our Old Testament, he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah was a prophet. And let me just say, he sought it with the right man because Zechariah had understanding in the visions of God. In the visions of God. You and I, listen to me very carefully. We need to have understandings in the visions of God. The word of God is the visions of God. But people don't read this anymore. They do not want to have understanding in that. This king sought in his days. He sought God. And then he says, as long as he sought the Lord, he was prospered. And we saw that. We saw how he was prospered in material things. Now before you think that I'm going to preach a, prosper, a prosperity message today, it's not so. But it is true that God blesses his children. It is true. We see it here. We saw it in the life of Abraham. How God prospers his children. We're living in a world who's not seeking after God. Let's face it. you go going to world out there now today. How many of the world, how many of the cars driving past, how many of the coffee shops you're going in, the malls you're going in, how many of the people are sorting after God? No, no. In our day and time, people want to make it on their own. I am going to build my own empire. I'm going to do my own thing. But there is a better way. It is the way of the Lord. That's what I want to talk about today. There is a better way for the people out there. But let me also say, in the church today, and so many churches today, there is people who are not seeking after God. There is not people in the church even. This is why the world is looking at the church, and they say it's full of hypocrites. It's because, listen to me now, it's because the spirit of the world, the self-gratifying spirit, the self-seeking spirit, the spirit, see, you'll be alright, mate, spirit, that spirit has entered right into the church, and now we're sitting here in the churches where churches aren't seeking after God anymore. And here... In the Bible, clearly for us, it's stated as long as Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, what happened? God made him prosperous. People are seeking for prosperity, but they seek it at the wrong fountains. They seek it at the fountains, which is just like popcorn. Who knows popcorn? I love popcorn. You you know, you go down here to Aldi's, or not Aldi's, uh, AJI. Australia Independent Groceries. You go to them and you buy a bag like that. Have you seen those? And what happens? You go, you walk out with the bag under your arm and everybody goes, he's a glutton. He's going to eat that whole bag. (laughs) And you walk out with the bag and you go like a couch potato, go boom in front of your TV and you start doing this. Come on, I'm talking to real people here, am I? And what is the substance you're getting out of that? What is the substance? Honestly, I've got big hands. Yeah, who knows I've got big hands? I can tell you, I can t- take maybe five of these big hands and uh, push it in as much as you can and to get only a teaspoonful of once, it's all been coming down. Is it right? Okay, then if you don't eat popcorn, you eat candy floss. You eat candy floss. Same thing. Same thing. You blow it up and it's such a big candy floss. But it only takes two spoons of sugar to bring that big fluff up. And this is what's happening in the world today. There's a lot of fluff around it, but no substance. The world, listen to me this morning, I'm not asking you this. The world is seeking for substance, but they follow the candy floss and the popcorn. They need to come to the fountain of life. Yes? Yes? It says it here, as long as he sought the Lord God, he made him prosperous. Now this man, this man had a fantastic opportunity. I love it to go back in the Old Testament. And if you see a name in the Old Testament, there's generally a meaning associated to that name. Let's look at his parents. His father's name was Amaziah. You know what it means? Jehovah is mighty. Who can shout hallelujah to that? Is he mighty or what? What? Jehovah means God is mighty. Let me tell you something this morning. We are serving a mighty God. He created everything that you see around you. And when He says, thus it is, thus is the Lord. So that's His Father. How would you want to have a father whose name means Jehovah is mighty? His mother's name, Jeholiah. Of Jerusalem means Jehovah is able. Who can say amen to that? Amen. He's able. He's able more than you and I could think. This is his mum and his dad. I would think you get a very good upbringing if you graze, grow up in a house where my father's name means Jehovah is mighty. Now I don't know the story about this man but his name surely carries so much weight. I don't know much about his mother, but it, her name carries so much weight. A mighty, able God is able to raise a child by the name Uzziah, which means my strength is Jehovah. You want to have a life of good will in this world? Change your name to Uzziah. I see the passport office is going to be busy tomorrow. <laughs> Where did this come from? Well, I'll preach about Uzziah. I want to change my name to Isaiah because I want to say to the world, my strength is Jehovah. Let me just say to you, let me say whether you like it or not, if your strength is not Jehovah, you're in trouble because He is the mighty God. Yes? And we saw the manifestation of Him When Jesus Christ came and He walked amongst us on this earth, and we heard it this morning, and you know what He did? He took on the form of a bond servant, Philippians chapter 2, and He came and He lived amongst us as a servant, this mighty God who is able, who is strong, came and He took on the form of a servant and served us to die on a cross for you and for me. So we see this man was 16 years old. He reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he did what was right in the sight of God. He sought after God in the days of Zechariah. He was, in other words, a praying man. Let me tell you what is the biggest, the biggest downlet in the church today. It is churches who is not praying churches. They don't see God anymore. I've heard a sermon this week and I I totally agree with that man. He said there will be a lot of people on their way to hell gargling. In, In other words, they're getting choked by teaching. It might be shocking, but it's true. People don't see God anymore. He was seeking God. He sees it right there. He sought God in the, days, in the days of Zechariah. How do you see God? You see God by reading His Word and praying to Him. And you know what? The results is many blessings, wars and prosperity, technology even. He, he made those things for His shoulders. But the key verse for me is verse 7 when it says, When God helped him, this is why he was so prosperous. This is only why. So his fame spread so far and wide and he was marvelously helped and now the word comes still, he became strong. Who knows that power corrupts? And absolute power corrupts absolutely. You see, this is the thing with a lot of people these days. When it goes well, we forget about God. We forget about God because it's going well but when it becomes troublesome that's when people start seeking God then they fall on their knees and say oh Lord I need you oh how I need you every hour of my day Lord I need you every morning when I wake up I need you it's only sometimes for people when they go through difficult times This man became strong in himself, and then it says there, when he was strong and his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord. You see, he came to a critical point in his life where all of us come at some stage. All of us come to that point. There is no excuse, there's no hiding. And that is when the truth is facing you, and you realize that you've sinned against God. And he get an opportunity to repent. But what does he do? He becomes angry. He became angry. Oh, Uzziah. You of whom it is written, he sought after God. You of whom it is written, when he was seeking after God, he was prospered. Oh, Isaiah, what happened? What happened to our hearts when that happens? And then he says he was trespassed. You see, anger is the fruit of selfishness, anger—it's the fruit thereof. He became angry. What is angry? An outburst of anger. He said, "I didn't get my will, and now I'm going to show you in a physical way that I disagree with you." And it blows up in your body. This is what anger do. Anger is self-gratifying, self-satisfying. Anger is 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 the self-acceptance at your expense. And this is what happened with this man. And it broke out in leprosy now you see that sin will break fellowship with God and if it breaks fellowship with God it breaks fellowship with brothers and sisters this is why over the years let me tell you I've seen it personally you see people come to church and then you see them not come to church anymore and it's not because they went to another church no no these people will be sitting at home why why you know and i visited a few of these people and i go why why don't you come to church anymore oh no 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 that person did something rah, 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 and i'm angry in my heart i don't come there but i read my bible but i pray no the bible teaches forgiveness isn't it then we come back and we fellowship You see, in 1 John 1, verse 3, he says, that which we have seen, he talks about Jesus Christ here. He says, and we've heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. You see, he uses the word fellowship, which the Greek word is koinonia. It means where the children of God comes together. He says, you have fellowship with us. Truly, our fellowship is with whom? The Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I've seen it so many times. If you break fellowship with the Father and His Son through sin, what happens? You break fellowship with the brothers and sisters. There's this young man who called the pastor once. He said, Pastor, I just can't be a Christian anymore. He says, I've tried so hard. He says, every single time, is this voice pulling me away? Is my will pulling me away? He says, and I've made a decision now that I'm going to stop serving God. I'm going to stop. I'm just calling you as this is my final call before I turn my back on God. And you know what the pastor should do? Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. No, let's, no, no. This pastor said to him, go. He says, go. Turn your back on God and go away. He would say, that's not a good pastor, with you? That's a good advice. Just Go. And this pastor is writing down there, he says there's silence on the other side of the line. And it becomes two minutes, three minutes. He's still there, he can hear him breathing. And it becomes five minutes and ten minutes. And he wasn't going to say anything, so he just hang on the phone. And, and after a while, he could still hear this young man breathing on the other side. And he said, Pastor, are you still there? He says, yes, I'm still here. He said, I can't do it. He said, I can't do that. I just sat here and I realized I can't turn my back on God. I can't walk away for what he's done. brother and sister. let me tell you this morning, seek after God. This is the message. As long as Uzziah sought after God, he prospered him. He prospered him. And you know how he prospered him? He prospered him with that fellowship. Look at this here. In Isaiah, this is what I'm talking about, the legacy he's leaving after. This man had an opportunity as a king to impact his people. His people. It says there in verse 1 to 5 that he was good. He was a good king. He did everything that God wanted him to do. He sought after God. It says it all day, didn't it? But then he did that. Now we read about Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, and we see the state of the nation. Let's see. It says, in the year of King Uzziah, when he died of leprosy, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and he strain filled the temple. It didn't happen before now. So what happened? This man of God, he said, woe is me. For I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. And look at this now. I dwell in the midst of what? People of unclean lips. From my eyes I've seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, King Uzziah had an opportunity because he was a man who sought after God to impact his people. But he thought only about himself. Oh, he became so big in himself. God helped him to come to a point. And once he reached that point, he became so hardened in his heart and say, Oh, see what I have done. Look at me how good I am. That's the big mistake. That's a big mistake. Let me tell you this morning, you are nothing without God. Whether you follow God this morning or not, you are nothing without Him. Your heartbeat is relying on Him your thought capacity that you've got a sane mind is reliable on him anything could happen in you not the man or the woman that you used to be let it be known today he says it right there in verse 9 he says and he said this is now the lord speaking to isaiah he says go and tell this people the people of king uzziah keep on hearing but do not understand keep on seeing but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull like the king was, and the ears heavy, and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. You know what? If we look in the world today, this is what's going on, isn't it? People don't want to hear. somebody speak out in social media or something against what he stands on the word of God and the whole society what do they do they crucify him get him out how many men and women has lost their jobs today because they stood up for Christ they sought God but you know what it's okay because they are still alive those people and as long as they see God God will prosper them He will prosper them. We're living in that world. Let it be not in the house of God. Let it not be. There's two parts of this man's life. The one when he sought the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. In what? You see, this is the point where people say, and there's a lot of those preachers today. This church is not one of those. I'm not after your money. I'm not after people to come in this church and fill the pews. So if you think that's the church, it's the wrong church. I'm not after that. But there are preachers out there who preach prosperity, and they will use this. And they'll say, man, if you're a child of God, life is going to be choop, all good. Your pocket is going to be full, but just give me $1,000 a year, and God will improve it to 100000 This is not that church. This is not that message. How will God prosper you these days? He says there you will grow in grace people can have a little bit more grace, couldn't they? Yes. I think this world needs a little bit of a dose of grace and mercy. It's spiritual growth in faith, in wisdom, and in knowledge. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul says it to them. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now let me say, It does not mean that God do not prosper some Christians materially. I'm not against that. But if you seek after that, you seek after the wrong thing. The second part of this man's life is when he did not seek God. But when he was strong in his heart and lifted up, it was to his destruction. You see, his pride was his possessions and his intellect. In this world, people are measured on the net worth. What is your net worth? How big intellectually are you? What is your status? And how many possessions you have? This is just the opposite thereof. Let's finish this morning. In Isaiah 59 verse 1, the word comes to us. He says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. That it may cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden your face from you, so that you will not hear. This man, this king, because he had leprosy, they put him in his own house, separated from the house of God, separated from the people. That's a sad end, isn't it? For a king who had so much, so much opportunity. Brother and sister, before you today is the opportunity to call upon God to seek Him every day. Not for the purpose of prosperity, that will come. But if you seek Him, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of, of, of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Let's seek the Lord like He did in His life. Let's seek Him. You know what will happen when we seek the Lord? Acts chapter 17, 26. And He has made from one blood every nation among men to dwell on the face of the earth. I like this verse. Have you seen that? He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. If you believe that, you will have not one hair or piece in your body of racism. None. Because He made all out of one blood, every nation who dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwelling, so that what? They should seek the Lord, in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though he He's not far from each one of us. The message this morning is to see God. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him, For he who comes must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Look at this. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then finally, Sephania Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Who knows that the day of the Lord's anger is coming? Amen? How will you be hidden from that if you seek the Lord? So, my brother and sister, dear friend, let me say this morning before we pray: as long as he sought the Lord, he was prospered. Do you want to prosper spiritually? Seek the Lord. It's really been laid upon my heart this week as I was praying for you and for this church. We're living in a generation where people are walking away from the Lord. There's a whole new generation who grew up, young people who came up who don't even know about the Bible. They don't read the Bible anymore. They don't want to even hear about it. Who's this Jesus you're talking about? Come on. They're making him a superstar. Jesus' Superstar. And everybody laugh and have fun around that. But I don't blame that generation. I blame the previous generation. Why did we go away from the Word of God? Why did we go away from seeking God? Why is ministers today seeking their own lives and their own prosperity in using the Word of God as a product? Why? And then I started praying and say, Lord, let it not happen here not from behind this pulpit. Let's say sin is still sin, though the world is changing it. Let's call it for what it is. But I'll tell you, brother and sister, this church won't become a mega church. Don't worry about that. Because as long as you preach sin from the pulpit, people will run away. But there's one or two souls that will be saved. That's why I will keep on preaching this word. Amen? let's pray. Heavenly Father